Hi Cosmic Soul, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast and I've been gestating this podcast for a good old while now. It sometimes takes me quite a few weeks to come up with a, a clarity of vision around a subject like this, which is a continuation of this What the Fuck is Art For <laughs> um, podcast series. This is around today. I'm going to speak to art versus work or probably really work versus art and going to speak about the differences between art and being separate from work in the conventional sense and also how art has been embroiled in work, commodification and slavery and how folks like myself along with the autonomy movements, the free thinking movements, the self-healing movements, the free birth movements. There are vast expansions going on in various realms of life and work and um, lots of areas outside of mainstream, living in gift, um, homesteading, returning to the land, women rising rooted. There's a lot going on in the world. It's very, very exciting time to both to be alive and to be working. And yet the language of that and the saying of that word out loud is already like there are, are a whole ton of ideas that are pushing to be expressed that are already trying to get a disclaimer in there before I use the word work, labour or sweat equity or effort. And although I don't want to get tangled up in the language, the point of this podcast and the point of my work is very much in the flow and how something flows out of us from the inside outwards. So ultimately, I don't want to be getting stuck in the language of it, but the language of it is very distorted. And there are official lines of legalities around what language means and what the dream spell that that's supporting and at the same time there's common parlance and the way we intuitively use the language which is to the best of our ability and intent our intention behind it our putting of life into form and putting vitality into structure where to the best of our ability we're using the words from our heart from our vibration through our throat coming up from our heart coming up from our womb perhaps, from our rootedness in Gaia Sophia, even perhaps the the intent is to use the words rightly. And again, this can, talking about what life really is and talking about the art of life can get very, um, it can get wordy and it can get complex because what we're really talking about is trying to shine light on what isn't true so that we can then actually speak the truth. So on that note, I was listening to a wonderful dialogue around uh, free birth on the Free Birth Society podcast with Yolanda Norris-Clark was being interviewed by the woman who runs that website or who interviews on the podcast. And again, they brought up this subject of how complicated it is to talk about something that is just completely natural it's like when people say 
yeah but what is natural law like what is the natural law yeah you have to name it you have to give me the bullet points and of course natural law can be summarized but then it's just two or three points about living peacefully and not causing damage to anyone else or their property but then the amount of normalized abuses of our natural ways that have gone on under the guise of something being gifted to us which of course is a Trojan horse and a a manipulative gift it's a gift with um, a hook behind it it's like the gift that we give down to the fish when we put a piece of bait on a hook you know a piece of shellfish or a worm on a hook and fling it into the river or the sea Um, it's that kind of a gift and the gift is you're going to get pulled up for dinner and there are ways of doing that ethically there's ways of doing that rightly but the majority of the things that are contemporarily considered work structures work identity branding opportunities um roles and ways for us to work to be rewarded for our sweat for our effort for our minds for our activities for our hours these more often than not lead to our sweat equity being taken from us and us being gifted something in return that is really not an equal share (laughs) of what is being gleaned Um, it's not uh, something that is more than the sum of the parts it's something that is for the greater part taking much more from us than it's giving back to us and that's really important that recognizing the difference between that and our art which is something that for the most part people who invest their time or have time or enjoy even a hobby uh, dabbling in painting or who have a, a lifetime practice of art like myself the participation in craft in handmade things in gardening cooking cleaning feng shuiing the house taking care of animals even the walking in the landscape the the art of our life is something that even like I was saying even if we're just dabbling we see it as a source of energy a source of pleasure a source of release a source of relaxing a source of even realigning our molecules and those of us who've invested more time more energy um, or all of our time and all of our energy into creative practices into co-creation into making things into using whatever's around us alchemizing it into beautiful food beautiful furniture beautiful clothing um without consuming without working in something we don't enjoy first to get coin to spend it on things that somebody else has made probably in a sweatshop or at least in a in a similar situation to us like worked hard for it in order to get coin um the conventional work system (sighs) 
we should all know this and it frustrates me having to talk about it again, but the conventional structure of work is designed. It's it's so inherently designed that it has to come from slavery. It has to come from a bunch of folks on the bottom getting nothing and then up the hierarchy, people getting progressively less in order that the people at the top can suck all the resources, all the perceived power in inverted commas and all the money and all the legalities and all the ability to pull strings up into the top and that those folk at the top are a very small amount of folk you know if we all got in a room together you know we could we could have a good old fisticuffs and we would win because we are so many more people (laughs) and you know if it was me against Bill Gates or Biden, you know, they wouldn't have a chance. I would wrestle them to the ground and that would be the end of it. Um, but the the perceived power and their manipulative use of power, which is really our consenting, it's all done through the work system. It's all done through how we feel that we're obligated to give and give and give to something that gives us these crumbs back. And that's the way we get pulled into labouring and labouring and hurting our back, hurting our limbs, hurting our joints. That's how we get coerced into sitting down all day long, sitting under artificial lighting, breathing in air-conditioned, poisonous air, effectively, toxic air, and not having our feet on the earth. Everything is perpetuating and it all comes back to pulling us out of the art of life, out of nature, out of fluidity and change and pushing us into tighter and tighter realms of control and automation. And these are these are like really simple, obvious points, but they're they're often not spoken about because to look at it would be the very painful process of recognising that we are consenting to it, participating in it, and that we don't like it. And that's one of the hardest things to really accept that we're in a situation that we don't like and we don't have power over. We don't have an ability to turn it around, perhaps. And that, again, is the nature of what's conventionally perceived as work. This unpleasant, obligatory contract that we have to do to keep the hamster wheel turning in order to pay these bills, in order to give to the corporation, in order to appease the government, in, in order to keep out of trouble be a good girl or a good boy and at the end of it hoping that we can endure it long enough that at the end of our life we've got a few years at least that we get to rest in our pension time and you know if if we can endure that long then we can enjoy you know our two weeks a year until then and then we'll eventually we'll be able to just rest all the time of course the the pension age keeps going up and up and 
the whole thing is a complete scam because the the pensions are being sucked away somewhere else um, and aren't even there. Hence the whole depopulation agenda. So coming back to the root again, I don't want to focus on the problem. I don't want to focus on why I don't have a nine to five job, why I don't earn a steady wage um, that I can actually subsist from. Um, what I am interested in is both what happens when we pursue art as a way of life and also the ethics and rightness of that for us, for our health, for our mental health in particular, for our ability to co-create and make a really good world for us to all live in together. I'm very blessed slash um, chose <laughs> to be in a place where I could at least get a breather from that hamster wheel and a breather from this driving of sweating and sweating and not really moving at all. In fact, it's kind of like a hamster wheel that doesn't actually turn around. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> the the questions I was asking like 15 years ago when my mum my, my passed away and left me an inheritance that even if I couldn't buy a house in my own country, I was damn well sure that I was going to find a place where I could live, make my art and live in tune with the environment, in tune with right values and just step out completely out of this um, merry-go-round which was striving and striving and striving to pay rent, striving to be visible, striving to have my work respected, have my work verified by a system that was inherently saw my work as distasteful um, even though my work is about innocence, truth, nature, energy, health, <laughs> consciousness, body, um, balance. Um, didn't, there didn't seem anything to me that was particularly standing out as wrong with my work but of course because it was calling out the nature of the art world which again isn't nature with a small n the the bad character of the art world it was really really impossible to to live as an artist in an expensive country in a cold climate in order that I would actually have time to stop and sit down and think and feel and do the things that were necessary to subsist, like chopping wood and carrying water and planting a garden and, and so on. The autonomy could only go a certain distance because I would always be paying rent and I would always be fighting with the elements. And like myriad other folk who've put one foot in front of the other and set off towards the horizon, um, maybe following the sun like myself, maybe following a spiritual path, maybe following signs, maybe following just a belief that they have 
an Indigenous right to live in peace and live outside of that system and not be in a city and be far enough into the country that they'll be left on their own and they won't be hassled by this law and that made-up regulation and this mandate and that interference. Um, the swathes of people that I've been in contact with who have come to places like Guardia San Framondi, but also many, many folk who are living way out in the sticks in various Mediterranean countries and beyond, uh, across the Americas, um, across the Australias and the islands and the Pacific. Of the many people that I've come into contact with, and particularly online, I haven't necessarily travelled to all these places, though I've travelled to a lot of them, but on this, on this journey of self-discovery and coming to a place where I didn't have to work within the constraints that the conventional world was telling me equals work, I found this common language with, with a multitude of people of very, very different backgrounds from uh, corporate backgrounds to doctors, biochemists, um, nurses, uh, folk who'd worked in offices and in the entertainment industries, uh, folk who'd worked in big places and little places, vets, uh, folk who'd jumped from one relatively menial job to another in order to keep some, if not true freedom at least, keeping themselves going and inspired through regular change and regular reinvention of themselves and moving from place to place. A lot of nomadic cultures, digital nomads, um, folk who'd scraped a living like myself through um, their art, photography, musicians. Um, the language in common that we had was this seeking of, of freedom and seeking a life that was meaningful and artful and that common language seems to be one that is is being spoken by so many more people now lots more people as the the world essentially opens and blossoms into folk recognizing that as the system takes more and more from them they don't have any option but to, well, they've got nothing more to give and they, they feel blessed in the freedom that that is, that, what that freedom is. And again, just coming back to, obviously everyone, we have this common language and everyone has, at the same time, has this really beautiful difference in, and biodiversity in how they've taken their path how they've kept their freedom, how they've sought to live artfully and to have art in their life rather than feeling that art is only something that can come to them once they retire or if they earn shitloads of money and, and get access to it by buying it in an auction and, and or, you know, if they can sort of force a sabbatical from their work at some point or 
if they can like leave one job and in between one job and another job just get some time to actually engage but like again like I was listening to a, a free birth society podcast and was listening to someone talk about how if they hadn't been so blessed I think it was Yolanda Norris Clark again if she hadn't been so blessed to have these particular things happen that kept her out the system and and kept her away from the indoctrination and away from the limitations as I talk about regularly in my living in gift course transmission website and as I talk regularly about in in all the realms of my work and life if we don't come from creativity and if we don't start being co-creative then our capacity to master things is is severely limited like the thing that we don't recognize is if we're not doing what we love and doing what we're meant to be doing and if we're not like fully invested in it if we're only seeing it as a hobby or something that we can do in the the crumbs of hours that we're given or the crumbs of minutes that we're given every day you know listening to a podcast on the way to work in the car or or talking in a deep conversation through voice messages like I do with a lot of folk in between all of these other tasks that have to get done that we see as obligatory. Um, the problem with not pursuing our dream, pursuing our art, living in art, living an art full life and living the art of our own life the problem with our our life not being a work of art is that not just our vital force but our very identity and our ethics and our connectedness I, I kind of feel like ethics are to do with our rootedness and our rootedness in all things and in Gaia Sophia in particular into the earth into deep deep into the core of the earth far far out into the depths of the stars if we're not connected in that way, if we're instead plugged into a very false patrix or matrix or mental construct that tells us that we have to strive and push and pull and fight and compete, then to get out of that and step into the mastery is a, a whole other load of, of work basically I mean essentially I sense that the real work is more the letting go the releasing the relaxing the purging even so it's not really like it's conventional work but it is a very necessary the re-education of the mind does take discipline effort and active action to release and um yeah as with the metaphor of birthing um the true metaphor of birthing the true metaphor of gardening of cooking of lovemaking of being spiritually present in our own bodies true metaphor is where one piece of information analogy something like the fact that the body is autonomous and sovereign and sacred 
and there is a portal of life and death that is in our wombs. The metaphor is, the true metaphor is a sacred spell that can unlock all the way through the layers of our life, all the way through the dimensions even, because it rings true, because it rings like a bell and the bell peels away the layers, it peels and vibrates out into the world and that metaphor, the metaphor around our body being capable, our spirit being capable, our spirit actually living in our bodies, these are the kind of things that that become very obvious when one engages in art on a regular basis, when one, not again, having to take a step back out of like what art is and us, us participating in it is, when we participate deeply, instinctively, intuitively, in, from all of our sentience, from a mind, body, spirit, as one, where there aren't hyphens between the word mind, dash, body, dash, spirit, when our mind, body, spirit, when our oneness is present, we move in the world in a completely different way and we create in the world in a very different way and this is intimately related to life being art, our unique life being a work of art. All of our lives are a work of art. We are here to be this work of art that is our life. And the more we are present in that fact, the more we are able to act naturally, instinctively, intuitively, as a holistic oneness, both in ourself and as a collective and as a universe, a universal intelligence, um, the more things go well, essentially, the more life flows through us, the more energy we have, the more freedom seems to rise up to meet our feet rather than it being something that we're fighting for and striving for and having to pay for like a holiday in a in a hot country or a a fancy house in a clean street <laughs> or a birth in a safe hospital that isn't going to interfere too much yeah all of those things are aspects of compromise that are to do with lack of mastery and the very fact that we've had to exchange large amounts of money that we've taken from somewhere or something or some people or some level of the hierarchy means effectively that we're trying to force something through manipulation that actually isn't the thing that it's pertaining to be and I hope that I hope that doesn't sound too clunky, too complex that metaphor. Um, I'm trying to speak to 
the difference between something being earned spiritually and something being earned through manipulation of the physical. Though we all have to work within the physical at this point, mostly. <laughs> um, like with the health of the body, the, the amount of effort that we have to take, there's an enormous difference between forced effort and manipulation and the easeful effort that that naturally has a ripple effect uh, naturally solves multiple problems naturally um, benefits the whole and not just the individual and naturally doesn't cause damage again coming back to natural law there's a way of of living in the art of life, of co-creating, of being creative rather than being consumerist or taking from the world. And really the idea that we can make the right choices um, economically is a complete perversion of, of the truth. We can't ever really make right choices commercially or through a commercial system through a money based system until the money based system has been realigned with the true value of what things are and the true value of what things are has to come from our personal relation with spirit within ourselves and our personal relationship to our role our identity in the world and again coming back to what our individual role and work is um it's very exciting to live in a time where lots of people are reinventing the the concept of work and also their own roles and identities. Um, so rather than taking a role that is given, rather than accepting a role within a system that is unethical and destructive to the environment and inherently fucking insane... <laughs> and wasteful the creation of new kinds of living that involve living in nature using technology to the the best of its use and making it actually useful for our own freedom not useful just to steal our energy and attention and time but useful to <clears throat> help us communicate with the world help us exchange even goods and services for the gift of either coin or blessings in whatever other way wants to be exchanged. The amount of folk who are reinventing that and stepping out of the jurisdictions of paperwork and um, theft, essentially, tax, um, the pooling of energy and, again, energy, time and attention into the system is very heartening that although we live in a time when a lot of us are having to bridge the old way and the new way nevertheless folk are with huge enthusiasm throwing their whole energy into living out with restrictions living in a way where they're actually flourishing where they can birth naturally and where they can birth themselves naturally um this is a a very exciting time to to be doing research around that 
where there are millions of other people doing a lot of research and experimentation and living differently in a similar way to how my parents grew up in very tight, rigid ways of living in the 50s and 60s in Scottish cities. And they left the cities and returned to the land and unfortunately got stuck in the whole bondage of government handouts or funding and alcoholism, which is directly related to being funded by a government and having a power over your lifestyle and your way of living and also giving with one hand and taking with the other, taking much more with the other. The Although my parents got lost in bondage to that and as a result ended up giving away their life force and giving away their true power, giving away their health and wealth, um, but they were still able to, to some degree, liberate themselves from what their own parents had been horribly, horribly coerced into, including two world wars and all of that shit. So the generations that are coming through now and that have left the island and come back to the island and have left the village and come back to the village. Um, There's a, there's a process where we're all involved in a process of stepping out of the old work that was given to us um, and the options that were like laid out on a page when we were in school and laid out on a a form and the coercion of the psychology of fucking with our heads and saying that, um, oh, it's too dan- it's dangerous out there, you know, it's dangerous out the garden, outside of the garden, you need to stay in the bounds of the village. <clears throat> There's wolves and, I don't know, fucking rhinoceroses out there or something. But the, the beauty of the information technology is that as messed up as the whole thing is and as messed up as the perversion of truth that is being poured into people's consciousness or used to limit people's consciousness. Um, At the same time, there's this enormous movement of folk recognising that, excuse me, there are many more options. In fact, the options are always infinite in every direction. And the, the concept of being given just a couple of options or just one option or do this or else um, is always it's always got like the hand that's ready to slap you if you don't do it um I'm really that's a bit like <clears throat> the medicalization of birth if not if um uh, a woman's capacity to birth is absolutely the core of it is her deep knowing within her body her of her own true identity, her cosmic identity, her at least her natural identity and her capacity to open and blossom and birth. Her strength, her vitality, her stamina. But as soon as somebody might 
interfere or intrude in that as soon as soon as somebody picks up a metal instrument or even a cutting instrument and waves it near her yoni that's by itself is going to interfere through the vagal system between womb brain emotions heart physical body the body's ability to defend itself and so on and that's such a metaphor for for work like the ability of a person the average person to live a full meaningful expressive creative life which we are all here to live is hugely limited by somebody coming along at various stages and putting these really bizarre options in front of us which have little to do with reality and little to do with the the bigness of the world and the universe that we live in and that we have come to express ourselves in physical form in. And a bit like one steps into the conveyor belt, into the hospitalised system around birth, we are going to be offered various options of torture and interference which then will cause our own authority to work symbiotically with the authority of the child within us and just naturally separate naturally <laughs> in our own time, in our own hours. The fact that we were even standing in a hospital, the fact that we're even giving our time, attention and energy to this piece of paper and this person who's handing this piece of paper to us and giving us this order or options, these very limited options, when we could have come away from the house and driven in any direction. Similarly, when we're handed these options of work in the world, these options of identity and security, I'm doing air quotes here, security of a steady wage, like lots of money and, you know, that we can buy stuff with but we just need your hours in return. We just need all your hours in return and all your energy and all your time and attention. And we just need you to focus your entire life force on this thing, <clears throat> this banal task, or even this quite fulfilling task, but we need you to do that and then we'll give you money and then you can go and pay rent and pay a mortgage and pay tax and pay into a system. Um again, without going too much into how all tax is theft and the tax is not going to pay for roads or schools or hospitals or any of the rest of it. Um, that's a whole other rabbit hole. <clears throat> but the, the fact that we're given these very restricting options, the options that are asking us to not think for ourselves, to do tasks that somebody else is telling us to do, to keep something moving, like keep this hamster wheel moving, keep this system moving, keep this paperwork going round so that the paperwork will go round, so that the paperwork will go round. Um, if we weren't doing that, we could be doing something genius, mystical, orgasmic and consciousness expanding and the exponential loss of what we're not getting I'm not I, I don't really want to put out the 
I'm trying not to talk about the scarcity of it, like what's stolen from us, what happens to our energy, what happens to our vital force over a lifetime of working in a conventional job. But, or living in a city or et cetera, et cetera. You know, many folk are very happy with the exchange of getting the crumbs are good enough and the stability is reassuring and the, like, that's how it works. <laughs> so, but most folk who do a fairly banal or menial conventional job, especially something based in an, a very artificial environment with artificial conceptual ideas on paper and numbers and codes and forms and permissions and certificates and legalese and so on. At some point during or perhaps throughout their career, <coughs> excuse me, they most certainly will be feeling that there's something else and something more that they want to be doing or wish they could do. Or in the couple of weeks they get away from the workplace in the year, they most certainly, the majority of folk will be, they won't be doing something at home, which is what they were doing at work. They will be doing something very different, <clears throat> even if it is just completely unwinding and putting their feet up and drinking loads of wine in the garden and sitting beside a bonfire or something. But I don't want to focus on, you know, the issue isn't what's taken from us, it's more what we do have within us at all times that wants to be expressed, like that thing that we put off until the end of our life, which we might never reach. We might be working until the day we die and drop dead at work, and then what's going to happen? But the the way in which our creativity is so fully compromised by the time we do retire, and even if we're doing what we absolutely love when we retire, we're still going to have that feeling that we don't have the same vitality and enthusiasm as we had when we were younger, when we were working, because it got pulled into that system. And yeah, there's there's very good reasons why even, even the smallest step out of that and into the freedom of anything but that <laughs> conventional work structure is a really exciting and inspiring and stimulating and healing of the instinct way of being returning to the art of our own life and the work of art that our life is is doesn't actually require any particularly unusual effort it just requires that we be a little bit more present than we usually are and instead of expending time energy and resources externally we simply come within and move from within you know any of us can get up from exactly where we are now and step out of the house and have a spontaneous co-creative interaction with nature no matter where we are there is going to be a tree or a pebble nearby or a drop of rain nearby a puddle a blade of grass somewhere a daisy growing up between the pavements 
and a flow of water. And as soon as we step out of the world of control and order and imposed construct and into a world of spontaneity, nature, natural forces, the elements, we can recognise immediately that we are the elements, we are nature, we are a force of nature. And we can look at our work from that, look at our purpose in the world from that, look at what unfolds when we put one foot in front of the other and we see things that we haven't seen before. We walk down a street or a path or a, across a mountain that we haven't walked across before. These things bring mystical power into our life. And the universe also responds, like literally reaches up to meet us, like gives us signs, gives us gifts, um, communes with us, dances with us. Especially if we go out without the projected world that we're projecting onto the outside, without the projection of labels and names and naming things and putting them into categories and tying them to artificial identities. You know, when we allow the world to be magical, to be mystical, and to and we embrace that and we allow it to embrace us and we recognize that we are actually one we are we're not just dancing together we're yin yanging together and we're co-creating together and we're making love together in a cosmic symbiosis all of that can only happen when we let go of at least some of what is restricting us mentally physically, energetically, emotionally, because our mind is hooked in with that bait, like hooked onto a line that is pulling our time, attention and energy resources into the system, into demands being placed on us that are greatly limiting us. So yeah, my own life, having made the choices I made in school to try and live an expansive path, try and step into the world of art and expression and colour and meaning and depth um, as, as helter-skelter as, as it has been, has, as um, roller coaster at times as it's been, as terribly anguishing as it has been and painful and isolating as it has been none of those challenges like the challenges pale in comparison to the death that I felt coming upon myself when I when I first entered a conventional job a conventional commute in a big big city commuting to work and <clears throat> excuse me um the conventional weight of conformity that i accepted when i was in that role and when that role trundled me like a wheel like a a rolling thing um you know rolled me along that that treadmill along that city street along that inevitability of unfolding 
um, I had very specific symptoms that came up when I was in conventional work structures and that for the most part have made it impossible for me to do a conventional job. Um, that's not a disability, it's not a limitation. It's simply that I'm a very healthy woman and that the fact that I find conventional restrictions intolerable is actually a, a fantastically healthy indication of my vitality and of my free will and of my ability to survive even in a very intoxic and manipulative and destructive um, reality where we're expected, coerced and punished if we don't get on that treadmill. Um, I'm really grateful for my symptoms throughout my life. I've had a variety of very interesting and diverse and uh, spontaneous symptoms that I feel are, are simply a, an indication, again, of my vitality telling me very um, coherently that this is not right. It's not right for me and it's not right full stop and I don't want it. <laughs> and um, I know a lot of the the story around work rather than art, even the story of art as work, even the story of my striving to run a business and be busy and be a busyness and um, be visible and witnessed in the world by folk who appreciate my particular view through my window, even that you know, I'm questioning everything right now. I'm questioning whether that's even healthy, that I feel that I have to produce content. You know, like, what's producing content? What content? Why am I producing content? <laughs> the, the fact of having to ask for money or request payment or set up subscriptions or beg for coin um, that doesn't it doesn't feel particularly right um that it still feels like there could be another way a freer way and it feels like there should could be a righter way a, a better way like just letting go and allowing and that that certainly seems to have worked more and more but it still depends on various folk comprehending what it is that a, a one who lives in gift is doing and recognise the necessity of support of art, real art and a real art maker, a real co-creator. Um, the, the questions that I'm asking now about even creating objects like paintings that are are useful like they're like a useful like a window is useful but then if if it's not really comprehended the use of it isn't really comprehended then should it really be out in the world should it be there matching the curtains in someone's house or 
is it truly helpful to have it as a even as a conversation piece or a a means of expressing the wealth of a person um should it even be separate from my life should a painting be separate and go out in the world um i'm not saying that these things are wrong but i'm certainly saying that i'm questioning them and asking myself intuitively like what should i be doing what can i be doing what am i doing and really loving the investigation loving the questioning the inquiry loving the as i step out of the restrictive containers every kind of restrictive container contract agreement submission um certification identity papers etc etc i'm loving what a beautiful adventure it is to inquire and to find much more um to find expansiveness rather than a definitive answer or a definitive restrictive option or solution in inverted commas um the true solutions and expansion and abundance and um freedoms and synchronies and magic that comes into one's life when all of our attention time and energy are not pouring out of us into a a non-creative construct and not just pouring pouring out of us in general but are radiating out of us in a very different way like radiating out into the world i really do feel that there is a significant and right path in stepping from conventional ideas of work workplace roles and conventional selling of ourselves into what the truth of our presence really really is here of even radiating our work like allowing our work to come out of us in the right time when it feels right when it is right um not just because we're a lazy a lazy pants and we're sitting with our feet up sitting in bed all day watching tv or um eating cake or <laughs> no sitting down the pub or whatever um overindulging ourselves but really considering and mastering this very difficult um path in this particular very difficult time that we're in where almost everything that is normalized and conditioned and and offered as an option to us seems to be really fucking questionable <laughs> to say the least really questionable and sometimes it's just plain evil like really the opposite of live the opposite of life evil ethel sometimes it's it's just a little bit distorted but very often a lot of what is being presented to us it's just, it's just the opposite of what's right um again this interview i was listening to with yolanda norris clark and the free birth society 
she was mentioning that you know real birthing you know in uninterfered with birthing is just a woman in her hours in her time in the time it takes her just her body just doing what it needs to do it's the most uncomplicated and natural thing in the world and she made a beautiful analogy of of you know just stepping out to go and do her her tasks for the day going outside the house is much more complicated much more difficult and much more dangerous this is the important thing like much more dangerous because there's all kinds of shit going on out there lots of motorbikes driving around crazily and yeah I feel similar like just stepping out the house there's all this complexity and people wanting us to come into the restrictions into the diminishment into the insanity the psychosis of rushing around of being afraid of having fear of themselves and um that takes a lot of work to keep stepping out of to not be affected by to not take on the weight of to not take the offer to keep remembering that even though everyone might be saying there are there's only this option or that option <clears throat> or else you die or there's this option or that option or you have an accident or there's this option or that option or you bleed out the fact that every option that's ever presented in front of us there are always infinite alternative options always there is no world that exists in which the options that we are presented with are actually truly the only options we have and <clears throat> that limitation of options can only ever work when there's a coercive element to it and the coercive element is only ever a mean person with a stick or an ignorant person with a stick or a, a person with a hook because they need to get paid so they need you to submit and pay them so that they can be paid or they need you to pay the government so that they can get paid by the government or they need you to get paid blah 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 blah, blah. you to pay the blah 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 you know it's all that cycling that hooking what if one was living what if one was living what would it be if one was living a life that was full of art and that was literally art itself what if one was free to express the truth through their voice and throat and yoni what if one was free to express through their musculature and skeletal construct what if the only structures we need were natural structures or things that mimic positively natural structures that mimic the elements but resonate with the elements they're not contriving and limiting the elements but working with the elements like water forms like beautiful forms in ceramic that enhance the flow of water like a beautiful natural water filter like us choosing where a plant goes rather than nature not choosing where it goes um more often than not nature does choose better and when we're cooperating with nature like rather than like i'm going to go and buy some seeds they're organic they're fair trade they're biodiverse whatever i'm going to get them from another country ship them here 
all these resources being used to ship them here, get them, take them out the packet, put them in a pot separate from the earth, demand that they grow there, force them to grow in another place in a little square that I've made, a little square of earth that I've made in the garden. That is a very particular contrivance that isn't necessarily going to get the best results. The best results are plants that already grow there that I recognise are useful, that I use my brain and my research and my taste buds and my um, ability to discern the usefulness of the plant and then encourage it to grow. Like My part is not to take the seed, put it in a package and ship it to another country. That's fucking absurd. That is completely absurd. I was at the shop, the wee tiny shop that I go to and get all my stuff from pretty much. And there's a huge bag of nuts there. And it's a big plastic bag with really fancy writing on it and all that stuff. And it's got a wee window in it, a plastic see-through window where we can see what the nuts are. And they're really big nuts, walnuts. I'm like, bloody hell, they're really big walnuts. Where are they from? Like, oh, probably from Sicily or something. I'm like, yeah, of course, because Sicily's further south than where we are in the Benevento region of South Italy. But it's way further south, warmer climate, nearer to Africa. And often things are much bigger there, like lemons and oranges and such like. And, you know, we look at the package and Angela's looking at the package and going, oh, no, they're from, like, like from fucking Peru or something. They were from South America. Like, oh my God, this is absolute insanity. My nuts, my walnuts come from the tree, the walnut tree outside the house. How can it be that... I noticed the bag was still unopened a week later and nobody had bought any and I'm like, damn right, but in what world are we living? That yes, they're big nuts, but how can it possibly be in any way make sense like who was paid to pull them off the tree or lift them off the ground once they'd fallen what mechanization was saving energy that they got shipped from the other side of the world like it's not even from the next state or the next village it's from the other side of the world across the ocean whose resources were being taken who paid for that? Like, how can that possibly, how can there be any profit in that? Like, there can be profit in that because somebody somewhere is being paid one cent to collect that many nuts. Somebody, somebody else somewhere is being paid nothing to ship them on massive scale. And somebody else is being paid a pittance to sell them in their shop. And at all those points, governments are taking money, governments are taking money, governments are taking money. Like, the insanity of it, the cost of it, the cost to the customer, and the disempowerment of the customer and the pulling of the customer out of the art of life by them having to go and earn coin from some other whatever's activities and then come to the shop and then buy these fucking ridiculous walnuts. Like, they're like... I'll see these walnuts and they look like clowns to me. The, the size of them looks like a clown thing. Like it's a ridiculous nut. I've never seen anything so ridiculous in my life. And this fancy packaging with colours and things that are going to lure the customer in. But like, I'm sorry, no offence to anyone, but why the fuck are we all not down underneath the nut tree 
picking the nuts up off the ground that are free, that are free, free. They're not costing money. They're costing me putting my wellies on and going down into the grass and picking up the nuts with my hands, rubbing the skins off them and putting them in a basket and bringing them up to my house to dry on the balcony. And then from there, getting the nutcracker out. Like, the, fa the fact that we can't do the right thing of just cracking the nuts and instead this whole chain of labour and movement of things, like somebody in the other side of the world is dependent on a couple of euros that are going to somehow come via the sale of this nut to a wholesaler, to a shipping company, to a distributor. It's just like... How is that? That is taking from the community because it means obviously that the the money goes up through the chain. It goes to that distribution company. It goes to the shipping company. It goes to, you know, this chain that goes all the way. And it's just losing energy. It's just losing energy. And that's, you could take any item and say that about it and do that about it. You know, do that, taking it apart. Where does it exactly, does it come from? Why is it not just from next door? Why is it not from next door? Why did I not make it myself? Why are the chickens on the other side of the world or in another state or in another country? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> a cake is made with the eggs from another country and milk from another state and flour from the other side of the world. Like, what is going on? What is that? How can that possibly be economically? Yeah, obviously it's economically viable because this construct is so completely ridiculously complex. But in a similar way, like bringing that down to me, my womb, how is it that if I had grown up in the medical complex, if the medical complex had, had worked for me, of course it doesn't really work for anyone, but if it had really worked for me, how would it be make any sense that in order just for me and my child to separate naturally for the orgasmic reflex to be released from my pelvis at the right time when the baby is ripe and cooked how could it possibly be that I have to get in a car like hobble up in labour to a car park which is the nearest it can get to my house because I live in a natural medieval quarter hobble up there, go on a really fucking un long, uncomfortable journey along motorways and streets and roads and go through a really complex system of getting entry to a hospital through the emergency, whatever, or through a prearranged appointment and then be interfered with, like have all this contraptions, surveillance, interference, other people's hands up my vagina, instruments, metal, bright lights, lying on my back on a metal table or a metal bed, beeps and boops and sharp things and injections and saline drips and all the rest of it. Like, how could that possibly be? Like the thing with the nuts, how could it possibly be better for me than me going down and picking the nuts off the ground? How can it better be better for me than me naturally, intuitively birthing a child from my womb 
to outside of my womb, through my yoni, through my open cervix when it's the right time. How could that possibly be? I know the, the perverse logic that's used, but how could that possibly make sense? And that's the difference between a life lived as an art and in service to the world and in service to health and spirit and truth and honour and values. And that's what a lot, a lot of our purpose at this time in the world is pulling that, pulling everything back down into rootedness, pulling everything back down into the feminine, the balance of the feminine, not the feminine pulled inside out, pulled out of herself and distributed and chopped apart and pieces of her sold off and sent like these flipping clown uh, walnuts around the world. Like performing dog walnuts, they're just so absurd. And I, I can imagine them sitting there and sitting there, you know, for like weeks and weeks and weeks until eventually it's just, you know, nut season is over and then maybe somebody desperate for nuts in the middle of summer or something might buy them next year. <laughs> but I I don't I don't want to feel bad for the shopkeepers, you know, that they don't earn money. But at the same time, you know, there has to be a, a point where it just stops, you know, where that doesn't work anymore. And people look at it and say, maybe if I ask about, I could get some nuts, you know, there's nut trees all over the place. And for the for the major part, the nuts are just falling on the ground and people are not picking them up. So, you know, come on, people, <laughs> let's pick up the nuts. Let's listen to our rooms. Let's commune spiritually in the world and live mystically and and let's take our time, energy and attention away from from all of that nonsense and interference and unnecessary baggage that we've been carrying around for generations it's just time to put it down that's all just time to put it down um the the living of a life without that weight on our shoulders is really something it's really a a thing to behold it's really a thing to live <clears throat> so if i can support you in any way in stepping into that beautiful life just contact me directly through my website claire GaiaSophia.com or livingingift.com and uh, the second website will be going inside the first website soon. Um, join us in the co-creation sessions every Thursday in the afternoon on a Thursday, Roman time, Rome time, uh, Italy time, European central time. And um, if you'd like to support my work, please see my website, claregaiasophia.com forward slash gift. And I really look forward to communing with you. You can also support me or gain reciprocal support and sharing on the hive.blog. I'm there as Claire Artista and would be very happy to connect with you there. And... All blessings, all merit gained, returned to the universe. All love radiating outwards, all vitality returning to right synchrony with all things. Many, many blessings and all good things. Ciao.